This is Art on the Airwaves with Cami Davis on KSKQ 89.5 FM in Ashland, Oregon. And I am here today, um, June 19th, and this show is about art and the business of art. I have a couple of guests on my show today. Live in the studio, I have Wayne Ching, who is an art supporter who lives in Maryland in the winter and then here in Medford in the summer. And we're going to talk to him um, in a second, as well as Jennifer Pepin, who is my call-in guest from the J. Pepin Gallery in Portland. You can find a link to her site as well as links to the music I'm playing to do today on the new artontheairwaves.com website. If you're local, there's an upcoming event that I want to make sure that I mention because it's such a cool event, and that is Art Day at Red Lily Winery. It's Sunday, June 28th from 12 to 5 p.m., and is put on by the Southern Oregon Guild, which is in Kirby. And I'm really excited to see their art a little closer to home. Um, I always stop at their gallery on my way to Brookings or Crescent City, you know, when you're driving along the Redwood Highway and you go through that little town of Kirby. It's a beautiful gallery, and I love the energy from the artist there. So if you have a chance to stop in there on your way to the coast, make sure that you do. And then, you know, of course, Art Day at Red Lily Winery, which is coming up on June 28th. So I just got back from Seattle from watching my youngest daughter, Paigey, graduate from the University of Washington last weekend. I'm such a proud mom, and she already has a job in her chosen profession. She's going to be the head of marketing and videography at Western Neon in the Soto District of Seattle. She's going to be starting next week, and I, I can just picture her. She's 21, and this is her first big job, and she's so excited, and she's so right for the position. So I can't wait to see that the, the videos that she creates and the press and marketing she does for the company. So congratulations to Paigey. Uh, I had a great trip to Seattle and I was able to interview a couple of artists while I was there for the um, art column that I do for Luxbeat magazine. Um, I interviewed Chris Foster from Portland and then also David Castleberry from Charleston. Um, they were they are both going to be featured artists and um, be profiled in that column. If you go to the website right now, you can read the article about me, which is what started the whole thing, um, them asking me to write the articles. So you go to L-U-X-E-B-E-A-T-M-A-G.com, and that's posted right now. And then um, the first one that I'm writing, which is about Cheryl S. Williams, who was my guest on the last Art on the Airwaves, um, that will be upcoming in their next edition. Uh, while I was away in Seattle and Portland and the coast, I also placed my paintings in two galleries that I haven't exhibited at before. So that was a really fun part to my um, trip. The, I put two paintings in the J. Pepin Gallery, and um, that's who we're going to be talking to today. My call-in guest is the owner of that gallery. And then I also put a painting in Second Street Gallery in Bandon. Um, the Second Street Gallery has carried my jewelry for a couple of years, but this is the first time I've had one of my pieces of art there, so I'm really really excited. Thank you to them for their support. Um, and those are both beautiful galleries. If you're traveling around Oregon, you might want to look them up. I'm certainly glad that I did. Um, upcoming shows for Art on the Airwaves. On July 3rd, I'm going to have Josh from the Rogue Valley Messenger as my guest. I think this is going to be a, a really informative show for artists and for entrepreneurs. Um, kind of talking to him, we're going to get some information on how to get um, your, like if you're exhibiting in a show or you have an art opening, how to get that into the paper. Uh, what they look for and, and 
information like that. If you have any questions you want me to ask him, just shoot me an email. It's cammydavisart at gmail.com. Uh, my name is spelled C-A-M-M-Y. So cammydavisart at gmail. Um, and then on July 17th, I'm going to have tattoo artist Canyon Webb. Uh, he gave me my recent tattoo on my wrist. If you watch today's video on YouTube, um, you'll get to see a picture of it because I'm holding it in front of the camera right now. So he did this really cool video on my wrist. Uh, he's going to be my guest on July 17th, as well as a live a musician in the studio, which is local singer Darren Wayne. So mark your calendars for that. Uh, I want to talk for a few minutes with my studio guest. Um, Wayne Chang is his name, and Wayne is he's such a great supporter of the arts um, in both here in Maryland and here in our area. And um, he saw me a few years ago is when I met Wayne, and um, he saw me. I was like, I tend to make an impression because I was like running around crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's he's true. laughing, it's crazy true. videotaping exactly. <laughs> this art event, and he's like, who is that crazy artist? I must meet her. So well. Welcome to the show, Wayne. It's great being here. So tell me, what, what brings you, what do you look for when you come to our area? I know I've seen you at a couple of local art events so far. So what do you do when you come to our area? Well, uh, let me put it this way. I uh, sort of retired 10 years ago mm-hmm. and started thinking about legacy. So I thought, what a good way for me to spend my time by going around scouting to find grassroots upstarts uh, that can stage products or projects uh, with measurable outcomes mm-hmm. that are fun, innovative, replicable, and sustainable. I love that. Now, Wayne, for those of you who haven't had the pleasure of meeting him yet, um, he's funded a few things that I've been part of, and I, so then I know, of course, that there's more, but I know there was a mural at the Rouge School. I know you, uh, one thing that I was um, part of helping to organize for you was a, it was a summer school art program yep. Yep. for yep. the kids at Rouge. That was 2012. That was very cool. Mm, July. And, uh, Sean Noman, a friend of mine, an artist friend of mine, uh, helped with the clay on that. And then, uh, what else? Oh, lighting for the Kirby, muse- uh, Kirby Gallery that we were just talking about. Yes. That's one of yeah. your... Yeah. That's right. That's right. And then a couple of... You gave me an award, which, oh, it's touched me so much. It was uh, after the first summer we met. It was the Trailblazer Award. And um, one of the things that I wanted to say about you and the people listening, um, what I think is really cool about Wayne, one of the many things that's very cool about him is that he doesn't just fund projects, but the funding method that he uses, which he calls a microfunding, um, encourages others to donate and support our local arts community as well. Um, I And I feel like, although the monetary um, sponsorship has helped me quite a bit, um, I feel like it's your enthusiasm and emotional support that has really meant the most to me, and I think everyone can give that to an artist. Thank you. Yes. Well, thank you. <laughs> I'd like to do more of that. So, uh. <laughs> well, you, um, I like, I've come to the point of thinking you, of you as a mentor. It's like I watch my calendar. So Wayne goes to Maryland in the winter, and then he comes back here in the summer. So it's That's like right. I kind of watch my calendar. Right. Wayne's on his way. Right. <laughs> and I'm really excited um, to announce that Wayne is going to be um, sponsoring Edgy Art Events this year. And I, I you know, those of you who listen to the show on a regular basis know a little bit about it. It's um, an event that I created to try to have a low-cost way for artists to get involved with venues, and together we uh, create a strong cultural tourism destination in our area. It's very hard to do all that work on my own, and so I was debating this year on how I was going to move forward, and then Wayne showed up on the scene, and so I'm just so thankful for that. Thank you. Yeah, and I look at it as an opportunity to help some upstarts as well, Real grassroots upstarts, people who really show the potential 
uh, to get things done and to turn something that may be a little bit abstract into something real, abstract, like in sometimes uh, the way how art can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Make it sustainable. Know, yeah, you have certain criteria. Sustainability is one of them, measurable outcome. He has, like, certain criteria. So when he approaches me and asks, like, what project could he look at in our area, um, and he has he has it outlined. I love that about you. And it, it kind of actually helps encourage me to also keep outlining um, what I'm doing with my business, uh, that organizational thing that you do. Um, so I saw you yesterday at two different events, and they were so much fun. I, first of all, I didn't know that Wayne was invited. I, I, I had just could, kind of gotten invited last minute. Um, this was to the Ashland Art Center's um, annual donor luncheon at the Ashland Springs Hotel, and I turned around, and there was Wayne. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. So I saw you there. That was a lot of fun. That was very, okay. And then I, I popped out that uh, Whitney Rolfe had invited me to see Chuck Close's Face Forward exhibit mm-hmm. at the Schneider Art Museum last night. What did you think of that? Really, really great uh, to take a look at all the work. And as I was looking at it, the two of you were uh, examining the art very carefully. <laughs> and it made me think how much patience um, and uh, dedication goes into our art career because those paintings were not done overnight. No. And uh, it just took a lot of time, a lot of precision, a lot of mm-hmm. patience. And I think that's one of the benefits of art is even if you don't become famous mm-hmm. or sell a lot of your art, you get trained to, uh, in the, in, to be disciplined. Oh, for sure. To delayed gratification. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think, like, it's sad that the art is going out of the schools nowadays because I don't think that there's a downside to having that creative outlet throughout your life. I know for me it um, helped me even when I was doing the serious business stuff in that the creative thinking, uh-huh. learning how to solve problems yeah, and exactly. discipline, exactly. like you said. Another way of looking at things, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you could look at a painting uh, like we did yesterday and just say, Gee, I thought he would have done it some other way. Yeah. Uh, but look at the problems that we have nowadays. It's basically yeah. to take a look at things from different perspectives to come up with different solutions. Art makes you think, right? Um, so we're going to go to our first song. I've got Jennifer Pepin from the J. Pepin Gallery is holding on the line. And um, we're going to talk to her as soon as we come back. This song is for my daughter, Paigey, who just graduated. And this is Paige by local singer Darren Wayne. Makes me feel lucky 
back on it with Art on the Airwaves with Cammie Davis, and that was Paige for my youngest daughter, Paige, um, and that is by Darren Wayne singing that song. Um, my guest today is Jennifer Pepin from the J. Pepin Gallery in the Pearl District in Portland. Her gallery is inspiring and interesting and is focused on the beauty that can come from having a mental illness. So let me bring her on the air. I've only done this phone thing one other time. Let's see if I can do it. Hey, Jennifer, are you there? Hi, Cammie. Yes. Hey, I did it. <laughs> I got you on the air. Um, it's so good to have you on the air. I was just telling our listeners that um, your gallery is in the Pearl District in Portland, and um, it's really, of course, inspiring and interesting. And um, you, it, I think it's on your website where you have the, it's about the beauty that can come from having a mental illness. So if you could tell the listeners in your words what your gallery is about. Yes, I, um, thanks, first of all, for having me on the air. You're and, so welcome. Um, so the idea behind the gallery is to break down the stigma and misperceptions that exist around mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, I, unfortunately, was faced in my previous career in sales and marketing with that exact misunderstanding of what it meant. Mm-hmm. Um, so my hope is for people to come in and appreciate the art and then behind that see the stories and see that somebody diagnosed with mental illness can be just like anybody else. Absolutely. That is so true. I, I, I kind of reminded you of my entry into your gallery. So I was walking around the Pearl District and uh, visiting all the amazing galleries, and I walked into Jennifer's, um, I think this was back in November. It was it, late last year. And, um, and it was your art, Jennifer, that was showing. I don't know if you remember that part of it. You had um, those resin pieces that, that you had like a whole grid of these just amazingly beautiful resin pieces. And, um, 
on, in 2D art. And I was sucked into the gallery, and I was standing there drooling. And, um, and then you said, um, do you know what the concept of the gallery is? And I said, oh, no, I don't. What is it? And you said, um, you know, about mental illness and artists. And, you know, I took the smart Alec route and went, well, <laughs> isn't that a given? <laughs> but I think you probably do get reactions like that. Tell me about how people are responding to your gallery. Um, no, what you had was a very common reaction, actually. <laughs> I think, you know, there's a lot um, in history we talk about, you know, the madness of an artist. Right. Um, I certainly don't feel that you have to be diagnosed with a mental illness to be a, an excellent artist, and I certainly don't want to um, have that as Absolutely. part of the concept of the gallery. It's right. just purely that that's what we're focusing on. Mm-hmm. Um, I often hear things like, I would have never guessed, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. this artwork's too good for them to be that sick. Uh, <laughs> these are the comments that actually remind me why I'm doing this. Why is it that people expect mediocre work just because somebody has a diagnosis? That's, it, that's just really interesting because I think as human beings, we all struggle with something. Um, different things you know what I mean so to yeah to to be kind of categorized but see I've noticed that and and that's what's interesting to me Um, I'm Jennifer was amazing enough to um, place two of my paintings in her gallery for the month of July and um, I have noticed as I've been telling people about it that it's almost like how I phrase it too like I kind of started with my friends and I said oh I have some paintings that are going in this beautiful Portland gallery I'm so excited and the gallery is about mental illness and art and you kind of see this this look and their look you can see them I can see them like looking at me trying to figure out why and I said I said, you know, I've struggled with anxiety and depression my entire life. Um, actually, I'm going to read, um, for those of you who are listening, um, I'm going to read the submission that I sent into Jennifer. Um, and I apologize, Jennifer. I know you've read this, and this is going to take a second. But this is actually really personal for me to be um, giving this information out. Um, but I want to do it because I know a lot of artists that I've spoken with, a lot of human beings that I've spoken with um, that deal with um, different things. And I want to show, I guess, how one artist um, myself is dealing with it. Um, so the question on the submission form that Jen sent me said, please tell us about yourself, including how art has played a role in your life having a mental illness. For example, art as a result of extreme mood states or how it has helped you cope. So here was my response. I was always called sensitive, moody, and emotional growing up. Rather than giving me the tools to deal with my emotions, I was labeled by my family, and I hated that about myself. I, it was only in the past year that I even found out that mental illness is strong on one side of my family. The family members who were um, labeling me were also struggling with depression, and I found out that um, bipolar disease runs on that side of my family as well. So I spent my life trying not to be the emotional mess that they labeled me as, trying to be someone you are not does not help mental illness. I went through a period of struggling with simple tasks like getting out of bed each morning. Everything was difficult and dark and thoughts of suicide hit during the worst moments. Um, I finally I sought help. Um, I was diagnosed with severe chronic depression. I worked with medication for anxiety and depression and I went to therapy to figure out how to control those parts of me that seemed so uncontrollable. I chose to work in a structured office environment. I shoved aside my creative side and very few people even knew about it. Uh, Weekends were my heaven. I didn't go out and I had very few friends because I needed that time to paint and create and get my emotions under control so I could be emotionless during the work week. I feel like for many years I just existed. 
Then seven years ago, the economy fell, and I was laid off my job in escrow. I was a single mother, but my daughters were almost grown, and I decided to go back to school. It was the first time I allowed myself to think that, the, that there was an alternative to hiding my creative side and instead embracing it as a way to support myself. I didn't know how I would make that happen, but I started a blog um, called How to Live a Creative Life and you know, decided I wanted to figure out how to do that. Um, and then I signed up for an art booth at a farmer's market, and I started taking one step each day. The process of believing in myself built my confidence. I started understanding that my creativity was important. I tried to put self-criticism in the background and just paint what I felt. As I have grown in my art and gained success in my art business, the depression has taken a back seat. I have put myself out there by creating videos, giving presentations, creating and directing art events, and I have my own art-focused radio show, which, of course, is what you're listening to right now, Art on the Airwaves. Um, but I have realized that anxiety is not something that will leave completely. It's always lurking in the background. When the anxiety is under control, I feel confident. Those times are momentous and empowering, and then something triggers me, um, family triggers, a broken relationship, too many anxiety-inducing presentations or meetings, and I'm right back there. But now, rather than trying to hide in a structured, safe work environment, I have the outlet and answer to my anxiety, and it's my art. I've learned to make time to shut my door, ignore the phone, and just create and breathe. The anxiety doesn't disappear. I just have a way to work through it. I'm gentle on myself and accepting that I need those times to disappear. And some people will understand, and many will not. My friends have learned that when I don't answer the phone, I'm in one of my artistic phases, and those are the moments when I can just be myself and breathe. So that's my story. Jen, I kind of wanted you, if you don't mind, and let me know what you're comfortable with, but to talk about your story a little bit um, and what made you decide to open the gallery. Sure, um, but I do want to, first of all, thank you for sharing that. Thanks. And this gallery couldn't be happening if it weren't for the courageous artists who are willing to speak out just like you did. So I appreciate you, you saying that because that was actually really hard. <laughs> <laughs> So your turn. <laughs> no, it is. And as you said earlier, like, I believe that mental, everybody has a mental health. Um, and it's just a spectrum. And as each person yes. shares their story, it gives somebody else the courage to share their, theirs. And it's kind of this chain reaction of us being able to create a community of support. Oh, I love so. the way you say that. And thank you. Um, so my story is that I was... Um, given a little art set when I was 28 years old, 10 years ago, and I had always been um, in arts and crafts, and somebody thought, oh, she might have fun painting. So it came with, like, that little mini canvas and five little mini tubes of paint. Oh, cute. And um, from there, it just started to blossom. I got bigger canvas, and I was actually invited to be on the set of a TV show. Oh. And one of the producers bought one of the paintings, and all of a sudden it was like, oh, I could do something with this. Um, oh. However, I didn't realize the connection that it was having with, being, with my mental illness. Um, and I was actually not diagnosed till two years later. Oh, okay. Even after being diagnosed, I just kind of kept art as a hobby and went on my career path, working 60-plus hours a week in really high-stress jobs. Yeah, And yeah. Um, lack of sleep, poor diet, eventually it all caught up to me. Right. And about two and a half years ago, I got struck with an incredibly severe depression mm -hmm. and um, suicidal thoughts. 
So mm-hmm. it came out basically in my career that I was diagnosed bipolar, mm-hmm. and that's when I was faced with um, the stigma of it and, yeah. and the perception people had about what that meant. And it was also at this time, though, that I started to understand myself what it meant to be diagnosed bipolar. When I was diagnosed, I kind of took my medicine and went on my way. Um, And this is when I started to see the connection of my moods and my art. Yeah. (laughs) And um, tracking that. And I saw how they were so integrated. Absolutely. Um, Much to some people's surprise. It actually wasn't that I necessarily painted during dark periods. It was actually the opposite. Because Mm -hmm. for me, in order to paint, I needed to feel confident. And during hypomanic phases, I felt a lot more confident. Um, Where when I was depressed and I attempted painting, I would generally um, hate what I painted and want to destroy it. And it just kind of lowered my confidence. That's interesting, and I think that's probably true for a lot of us, but that is interesting because people have that perception that, that artists need to, like Hemingway or something, need to be, I don't know, drunk or you know, in a bad place to really create art. It's right. interesting that you say that, and I find that myself too. I actually do both, uh, the up and downs. So then how did you get from, from that point to the decision to open a gallery? I was um, in a support group, depression um Bipolar Support Alliance, DBSA, and it was an amazing support group. I feel like it really, in a lot of ways, saved my life because um, I was all of a sudden with a group of people that understood. Mm -hmm. And while I was sitting there, I was really impressed and overwhelmed by all the creativity. We had a dancer and a poet and a composer and painters. Oh, wow. And as it was in conjunction with me being faced with the stigma, I'm like, why can't we focus on that? Why can't we focus on the beauty that's coming from it? All these creative people that are, yeah. you know, uh, experiencing um, a diagnosis of mental illness. So mm-hmm. it really, I was driving along one day, and it just came into my head that I was to open a space to feature this. Um, and it really just fell into place. I was really blessed that my now fiance came over to me after one of the meetings, after hearing my idea, and said, I want to be a part of it. Um, And he really encouraged me when we found the space in the Pearl District, right on Gallery Row. I know, it's perfect. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, To, you know, find out about it and look into that. And um, between him and then my parents have been incredibly supportive as well in, in helping me with the gallery. And then Amazing Friend Network. So it just really all fell into place with the right timing, the right space, the mm-hmm. right artists, and mm-hmm. the right, you know, support network. That's so amazing. And you have been open for two years now, correct? It'll be two years in September. That's so exciting. And you said a lot of the stigmas are going away, just even, um, you, you know, just people walking into the gallery, not sure what it's about, not sure, you know, sure how to um, absorb it or whatever. But now people are coming specifically to buy the artwork, you yeah. know, like they're getting past what it's about and stuff and, and looking at both sides. But I actually think it makes it more interesting, too. One of the things, I think I posted this on the Art on the Airwaves. So the, the uh, website for the show is artontheairwaves.com. Um, listeners, you can go there. It gives links to all the Art on the Airwaves social media. And then I have a post from um, each show. So I went and posted um, that I was going to be talking with Jennifer today. And one of the things that I, I think I wrote was that I find the art there almost more inspiring.
inspiring because there's there's so much movement and balance at the same time from all of your artists. It's like they're telling uh, their story, which is good art anyway, I think, when they are. Um, but it's done in such a beautiful way. Like, you pick really, you have a good eye. <laughs> you and Chris, I guess, have a good eye. <laughs> um, well, no, now you're in our gallery, so yes, we oh. definitely have a good eye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but no, it just, you know, we have this artist, uh, Cher Odom, right now, who does these incredibly whimsical illustrations. Yes. And people come in and they think, oh, they're so fun and cute. And she has put little stories with each of them. And they're heartfelt and they're often about her depression yeah. and anxiety and all of a sudden it adds this incre- you know incredible layer to the work and it adds that much more meaning to it yeah absolutely yeah I saw hers when I was in there I took her postcard by the way and I, I've got to read it I haven't had a chance because I, I just got home I think it was the night before last I'm I'm still sleep deprived but um, I, I want to read her card because they were so interesting so we're going to go to our next song um, Jen I'm going to end up putting you on hold when we come back we're going to talk to Jennifer Pepin some more um, this next song is let's see what one do I have coming up next oh this one is by um, a local musician although I think I read on Facebook that he is moved to Portland now, so Jen, you might be able to find him in Portland. Um, This is called For You. It's by Kyle Cregan. I kind of renamed it The Wine Song when he was in um, the the studio singing it. I love this song. Uh, Wayne and I are going to be dancing to this song. If you're watching it on YouTube, it should be interesting because I don't dance well at all. Um, And if you're you're, uh, listening to it, stand up and dance as well. Here it is. This is For You by Kyle Cregan. We shared the wine, lost track of time, and spilled the wine, but it's fine. Try not to think about it, cause I'm here with you tonight. You know relief, it's got you shaking like a leaf, you say, but I'll return some summer day. So don't you ever worry, cause I'll return to you. No, don't you ever worry, I'll save all my love for you. Spend our days on holiday. We'll spend our 
back on with Art on the Airwaves with Cami Davis, and I am in the studio today with, um, I have Jennifer Pepin on the phone and Wayne Ching in the studio. Uh, welcome back, you guys. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, Jen, are you still there? Yes. Okay, fabulous. I'm going to start um, this little segment by having I, Wayne brought in some things, uh, some words and comments about how art affects our lives or helps our lives. So let's um, start with you reading those to us, Wayne. Well, let me preface it just by saying something really quickly. Okay. And you my, can do feel, that. my feeling is that uh, we're, we're talking about art not as only a finished product but also about the journey that gets you there. And, you know, the phrase that we hear a lot about, uh, uh, it's not only the destination, but the ride right, right. that yeah. counts. And I think a lot of art is the ride. And uh, connected with that, uh, what do you experience? Well, one thing is you learn how to communicate. Mm-hmm. Communicate what you're doing. Communicate the art piece. Tell people what you're doing. Second yeah. thing we've talked about already so far in this program, which is wonderful, which you've covered, it reduces stress. Yes. Um, and, and, it, and because it reduces stress, it sets you free mm-hmm. from other things that you weren't aware of before. Uh, another thing, it's an introduction to business. Yes, it's true. Because you've got to be sustainable. Yes. Then it teaches discipline, tremendous discipline. You know, we mm-hmm. have so many stories about people going off and getting lost just to find themselves. And in doing <laughs> that, you learn to be very disciplined and to do things. Yes. Keeps your brain. Another thing is it keeps your brain active. Yes, this is good. I need that. And especially for me, I'm in my early 70s, and I need <laughs> to do things to keep my brain functioning and thinking. Yeah. Uh, art also reaches out to science. You know, at some point, fine art and fine science touch. Yes, you hear that and a lot. yeah, that's that's really important. And uh, of course, the, the last one that I had on my list is that it's it's another way of uh, looking at a problem. I love that. Thanks for bringing those in. No those problem. are very cool, Wayne. Um, Jennifer, I don't think that you heard um, my introduction uh, when you came on, but I have Wayne Ching in the studio with me, and he is a local. Um, he does microfunding for some of our local. Um, projects within the community and he's um sponsoring my edgy art event this year so it's great to have him in this studio i know i don't you just love having people like that who support the arts yes definitely yes we need more of we those need more of them. <laughs> I know, exactly <laughs> so we're back on the air this is art on the airways with cammy davis and on the phone i have jennifer pepin her beautiful gallery is called the j pepin gallery uh what street is that on in the pearl district on Northwest 9th. Okay. And the cross street is Northwest Everett. Okay, so it's very easy to find. I know it's like, here's what I know. It's like a block down from Little Big Burger. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's like two blocks from Powell's. <laughs> I know the important yes. things. <laughs> and there's a lot of galleries surrounding it, and it's absolutely beautiful. There so, is, and um, we do First Thursdays, which is the Art Walk in the Pearl, and all the galleries stay open till about 8. Nine o'clock at night and serve beverages. So if you're up in Portland on a first Thursday, it's a really fun activity. And um, usually the artists for the openings will be there, and you can meet them. So tell us about the uh, your next first Thursday. This is the one in July, correct? Yes. So we are going to be doing a group show, mm-hmm. um, and Cami, your artwork mm-hmm. actually will be uh, featured in the window. Oh my God! I'm so excited. <laughs> if I don't make it, you need to take a picture for me. But I've got to try to get up there. I will. 
and um, we're actually going to be having um, two quotations on the wall. Normally we have a name and um, show title, but we're actually taking a little bit different approach. It's the anniversary of the 125th anniversary of Van Gogh's death. And we actually are doing an event um, at the end of the month regarding that. And I have created a Van Gogh-inspired piece that um, is being raffled off with oh. 100% of proceeds going to NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. This um, is one of your pieces? Yes. So I, I want to get in that <laughs> raffle. <laughs> <laughs> so tickets are $20, and um, I will be posting that to our website shortly. Oh, fantastic. Um, I want to make sure so. I get that link from you, and I'll okay. put that on the Art on the Airwaves website as well as the Facebook page, too. That'd be great. So, um, actually, the quotation that will be going above your pieces is, Normality is a paved road. It's comfortable to walk, but no flowers grow on it. Mm. And the pieces that we're exhibiting are these two beautiful giant flowers that Cammie did. So... I have chills knowing that my art is going to be in your beautiful gallery with a Van Gogh quote in the window. <laughs> I mean, I, I know. I'm, I'm thinking back to when I was first in college at the University of Idaho and, um, you know, starting to really learn about Van Gogh. He was always my favorite. And, yeah, I have chills right now, Jennifer. Thank you so much for making me part of that. Um, so the gallery, so you are an amazing artist, um, as I've mentioned. Was the gallery, well, we kind of talked about how it started, but was it, because I I try to look at the business side as well. So is it a way to support yourself, and how are you balancing the two, or or what are your plans for that? Um, So, yes, it is a for-profit gallery, and that's kind of our approach, again, to breaking down the stigma Mm -hmm. is um, not having a nonprofit, which often people think we are. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually really appreciate it. I had one of the artists tell me that they were very grateful it was a for-profit gallery because... Mm -hmm. To them, that felt like they were in a more legitimate gallery. Um, So not to say that nonprofits aren't amazing and wonderful, but um, for our particular cause. So I guess to answer your question, yes. Yes. (laughs) It is how I support myself. (laughs) So what? one thing I really like to do on my show is I like to give the listeners tips from our guests on, um, I don't know, overcoming challenges or in growing your art business or how to get your name out there. Or what type of um, tips can you give to listeners as far as building an art business that will sustain you? So I think um, in regard to being an artist and approaching galleries, one of the biggest things that has stood out to me is um, learn your galleries that you're approaching. Yes. I've had so many people walk straight in, not even look at the art, walk straight up to the desk and want to hand me their portfolio, but they haven't even figured out whether they would be a good fit. Yes. And um, I think it's really important to research not just in the benefit of approaching the gallery properly, but also you want to be part of a gallery that mm-hmm. is a good fit for you as well. Yeah. So um, that'd be as far as an artist recommendation. I think that um, as far as running a gallery, I'm still learning. Uh, <laughs> it's a constant learning process. Um, I, you know, pride, I think for me the biggest thing is to pride ourselves on having a certain caliber of artwork. And that 
we want, you know, again, because of our cause, a lot of people envision um, artwork that may not have as high a quality as some others you would find in galleries. Yes. But that's not the case with our gallery at all. Exactly. Um, people are purchasing our artwork to go in their bedrooms and their living rooms, and, and they want it because it's beautiful, mm-hmm. high-quality artwork. Absolutely. So, that's what that's what I noticed, too. Like, that's why I was so wanting to be part of it was because the art was amazing. And then I hear the concept behind it. It's like, oh, wow, are you serious? That I, You've just done an amazing job with that. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah, I guess as a as a gallerist, it's it's important to kind of also know your angle and what you're looking for. And um, for us, because we so frequently have, we you know generally will feature one artist up front, and then we have multiple artists in the gallery. For us, it's also curating a cohesive show. So we might have five artists up with very different work, but we still need it to flow properly. Yeah. How do you choose your artists? So if somebody listening today is interested, um, thinks that they fit in and is interested in submitting to your gallery, how do you suggest they go about it? So if you go to our website, um, you can enter the uh, pre-set message to contact us, or you can email me at inquiry at jpeppinartgallery.com and simply ask for an application. Um, As you had said earlier, the big question is how does having a mental illness play a role with your art? Mm -hmm. And then it also has kind of basic information about the style you do and name, address, all that fun stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we ask for five to ten images and we have a little group of people that review those and um, if we feel it's a good fit, then we will generally start with a couple of pieces and see how that goes and then build that relationship eventually, hopefully, to do a feature exhibit with the artist. Yeah, definitely. And one of the things that I really appreciate about your gallery, because I think I've been yeah, slowly learning the galleries uh, where I want to exhibit at, um, I, up the coast and, you know, in Oregon, between here and Seattle, basically, because I go to Seattle to visit my, my kids and stuff. So I see quite a few different galleries. And um, what you said about making sure that the gallery is a good fit for you, I do believe that that's really important. Uh, one of the things I really like about yours is that you change up your exhibits monthly, right? Is it monthly that you change them? Yeah, up? so we generally, um, especially, so we either do one to two month shows. Generally in the winter, mm-hmm. we will do two month shows, but yeah. during the summer, we do one month shows. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, we, we changed out the feature exhibit. But we do have a couple core artists that we always have um, work from. Sometimes it will be rotated monthly, and sometimes you may see an, a piece um, a second month in a row. It kind of depends on where the artist is with new work as well as um, if something's sold and we've removed it from the gallery. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you do have you have a certain gal- uh, artist that you represent on a regular basis. So if people see an artist in your gallery that they like, they can purchase their art from you, even if it's not particularly in the gallery, but you know what styles they do and, and pieces they have and stuff, correct? Yes, I have very prolific artists <laughs> and a very small space, of you, yes. as you've seen. So actually, I'm currently working on on a catalog um, that we'll have on hand so that people can see all of the art that is available, um, even if it's not on the wall. 
Oh, that's that's really uh, a smart thing to do. And now, I was interested earlier in our conversation when you said you used to work in sales because I didn't realize that. To me, that would have to be like the most stressful thing ever. It's probably given you a lot of background for what you're doing now with the gallery. But even just walking in, um, I thought the way you marketed your gallery was so smart. You have postcards that are just really clear and simple where on the back side they explain um, the artist and then on the front side there's usually an image or so of them. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, it's it's um, that relationship that you have with your artist is really great. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I just going to ask? Oh, I was just going to ask, so one of the fun things I did when I visited you in Portland last week was I was able to sit down and talk with one of your artists um, who is also your fiance <laughs> um, Chris Foster and I had seen his art, I had waved at him briefly like back in Thanksgiving around there whenever I came through. But I had so much fun sitting down and chatting with him. Um, so t- tell the listeners about his a little bit about his art. Um, so Chris is uh, one of those artists that's constantly growing and changing. Um, he is probably my most prolific. He is um, solely focused on being a painter, so mm-hmm. he works um, diligently every day mm-hmm. on his craft. And yeah. um, I admire that for him. It's not it's you know as it's therapeutic it's um filled with emotion but he's also it's really important to him also to understand the craft understand he just recently started working with encaustic which is a wax based medium yes. and he's you know he does a lot of trials before really working on the larger pieces so that he can understand what that uh, medium will do as far as um creating work is it cold wax that he was using? Is that also encaustic? Is, so um, cold wax is a slightly different medium. The encaustic you actually melt in okay. advance, and then you use a torch to keep working with it mm-hmm. after application. Um, where the cold wax actually I just started playing with, and that you can just apply straight out of the, the can. Um, I wish I lived closer. I want to come play in the cold wax with you, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's fun. Yeah, we have a lot of fun in the house. There's uh, two artists diagnosed with bipolar. So. Oh, that'd be an interesting house. <laughs> Odd call first. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it was actually really interesting talking to him, and I haven't had a chance to listen. I, I did turn it on and record the interview. Um, I interviewed him because I'm writing an article about him for Luxbeat magazine. Um, I wanted to include one of the artists from your gallery so I would have an opportunity to chat about your gallery um, as well and get that um, out. The, uh, Luxbeat is a... Um, luxury online magazine so i'm hoping a lot of people will read and hear about this amazing gallery um but it was interesting talking to him about some of um you know his struggles and how art has helped him so i'm I'm hoping i'm able to capture that in the article um there was a i I took a few pictures or actually jen took the pictures of of, um he and i outside in front of their gallery um chatting (laughs) and that is it's on the art on the airwaves.com website i just posted those this morning so um the listeners you'll want to go and check that out I think the article about him will be out in about two months. Um, I'll definitely do a post on all of the art on the airwave stuff when that comes out. And he will be our feature artist in August. Ooh, what's he showing? Yeah. So l- when I walked in last week, his pieces, like you said, he's evolving. His pieces were even better than when I saw them last time. And I, you know, I, I just had, there was one piece where I just stood in front of for a while. Is he? Is that what he's showing? Are those pieces, or is no, he still? No. So actually, um, so those pieces have a lot of vibrant colors. Yeah. Um, and yet there's a peacefulness to some of them. There's a couple that are, are more powerful mm-hmm. um, and energetic, but 
he's basically taking the same colors and style, but it's in encaustic. So mm -hmm. there is a different texture and feel to it. Mm -hmm. um, so you will see some of that vibrancy as far as the color palette, but um, again, the, the feel is a little bit different being in the encaustic wax. I can't wait to see them. And again, this is one of the cool things about your gallery is that it's constantly changing and evolving. And what about your art, Jen? Um, when I saw yours, you were working in uh, poured resin um, with all these different colors and movement. It was amazing. What are, you, what are you working on now? Or what are you planning to work on in the future? Well, it was interesting that um, series that you saw, I actually called it my release tiles. And it was because um, after opening the gallery, I kind of took a break from mm -hmm. painting and I discovered pouring medium and it, it kind of just unveiled and unleashed this whole new um, yeah. process for me. But what it did was it forced me to release control. Um, oh. I, I would put <laughs> the paints down and then I'd walk away and I'd come back and it would have moved on its own, which is amazing, but it also was a really big learning process for me as far yeah. as not being able to, to, you know, touch up every little line or color. That would be a good exercise for so many people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let go of the control. <laughs> exactly. I often say my artwork is like a metaphor for life. This um, piece I did for the National Alliance on Mental Illness, I was playing around with new techniques, and I said, again, like it was like I'd get it perfectly where I wanted it, and then the paints would take over, and all of a sudden I, I had a mess on my hands, and it was frustrating. But it was I named the piece um, Beyond the Clouds There Are Stars. Ooh. And... Um, Anyway, it's, it's, that's how I feel about life. Like, I have to remind myself, even when those frustrations occur, that beyond the clouds, there are those stars. So. I cannot wait to see that piece. That is That sounds really cool. And I told you how fast the show would go, Jen, and I was so right. I could sit here and talk to you for hours. Any last thoughts before we say goodbye? No, I, I really appreciate you taking the time um, to speak with me, and um, I'm excited to have your artwork. And, and I hope that people can come check us out. Definitely. I'm excited to be part of it. And um, your gallery not only is beautiful and some of the best art that I, uh, that I saw when I was between Seattle and Portland and the coast and everything. It is an amazing gallery. Um, but it also um, is so touching and um, uh, just about the human spirit. So um, I wish you all the best. Thank you so much for being on. Um, and I want to say to our listeners, if you are listening and have questions about anything that we've discussed today, um, you can contact me at cammydavisart at gmail.com, which is C-A-M-M-Y davisart at gmail.com. If you have questions for Jennifer, um, Jen, what was your email again? It's a inquiry at jpeppinartgallery.com. Make sure you visit her gallery in the Pearl District next time you're up in Portland, and her website is jpeppinartgallery.com. Thanks so much. And we so do have all the um, artist statements on there as well. So. Oh, seriously? Okay, I haven't discovered that yet. I'm, I'm going to go do some reading. <laughs> Thank you so much, Janet, and uh, give Chris a hug for me. Okay, bye. I want to thank my other um, guests today um, in the studio, which is Wayne Chang. Wayne, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been wonderful being here. Remember, it's the ride. 
that it, counts. It's the red. I love that Wayne wanted to see um, what happened in the radio, and I said, come on down. So if you're listening, if you're an artist or just a listener, and sometime you want to come and hang out at Art on the Airwaves, uh, shoot me an email. I'd be glad to have you. Um, thank you for listening, and tune in on first and third Fridays from 1 to 2, or anytime on iTunes or SoundCloud. You just search Cami Davis or Art on the Airwaves, and that should come up from you, for you. Um, all the links, again, are on Art on the airwaves.com and I'm going to send you out with another local band. This is We'll Be Together by the Rogue Suspects. Thank you for listening to Art on the Airwaves with Cammie Davis. Mm-hmm.